Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans Bible study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church. Excited to be with you today. Pray that you'd get your Bibles and uh, follow along with us. We're in Romans chapter 9, so you can go ahead and be turning there. And today we will begin in verse 17 when we dig in the scriptures first, just to say uh, in this uh, season that we seem to be in of darkness, and I don't mean the people of God, I mean we, the, you know, I, you know, we're kind of like hoodows. Christians are kind of like hoodows. We, we should be wise. They say the old owl is wise, but one thing I like about hoodows is that they can also see in the dark. And no matter what's going on in the world, it's always been dark. But the darker it gets, the better we ought to be able to see if we're looking to Jesus and what he's accomplished for us at Calvary. For there, the light of God shines through the scriptures into our hearts. And I'm thankful for that. And uh, this noisome pestilence that's going on in the world, all over the world, today and, and killing uh, just many, many people all over the world, this spirit of really death. It's a spirit of infirmity, and unclean spirit uh, that's been released in the earth today, and I'm praying that God would rebuke this thing. God would stay this plague in the name of Jesus, and in the midst of all this, that, that you and I would be able to even grow in the midst of all this, something that come out in the message last night that I encourage you to go and listen to on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and uh, just to be able to, uh, or my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, to be able to understand that the only way fear is removed from the hearts, and in the days ahead, you're going to need to know this. The only way that fear is removed from the hearts is by perfect love. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 that, God's love is perfected in our hearts when we keep his word, when we are obedient. He, 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 fear, fear will grab a hold of you and will not let go of you just because you quote scripture. Fear will grab you tighter just because you're quoting scripture and say, well, that's what Jesus did. No, Jesus was the living word. And when he quoted scripture, the words he spoke were spirit and they were life, and they, they, they were very powerful. And you and I are called, yes, to speak the Word, to meditate in the Word, but we're called to believe from our hearts. It's called faith, my friend, and speaking the Word doesn't necessarily mean there's faith there. Faith is when we believe God's Word to the point of surrendering to God's Word and we're walking in obedience. Listen, Fear has to release you when the perfect love of God is being, the love of God is being perfected in your heart through your faith in Calvary and an obedience carried out by the Holy Spirit through your very life. Don't forget that. You're going to need to know that in the days ahead. Uh, don't forget to be a blessing. Uh, financially to this ministry as you are hearing and learning and growing in the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge of the grace of Christ. And I'm just so thankful to be a part of this minute, this remnant in these last days who God is bringing back to the cross, our first love, the place called our first works where 
the work of the Holy Spirit began and, and, and continued as long as we will continue to cling to this truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And there we will see the will of God carried out by God in and through our lives. And that, those works are considered our work. Just like the faith of Christ is considered the measure of that faith we live by, everything is of Christ. It, our works are not legitimate to God unless it's the work of Christ in and through us by His Spirit. It has to be God at work in and through. That's grace. It's not just grace is not what I do. Grace is what God does by His Spirit through my faith in Christ and His sacrificial work through me. Never forget that. Never forget that. And if you're not sitting under where you're learning that, you need to get up and get out and find a place of being replanted by the Lord. Possibly you've planted yourself somewhere. If you're not hearing what you need to be hearing, which is the Word of God in the light of Jesus and what He did at Calvary, then you planted yourself under that ministry in that congregation because God didn't plant you there. Don't make up, uh, don't, don't use man's wisdom to come up with why God put you there. We do a lot of things and say God did it. Listen, if it's not the knowledge of truth which shines in the face of Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary, it's just us. And we need to remember that. Today in Romans chapter 9, verse 17, it's where we are on Mondays and Thursdays in the mornings at 8.30 a.m. Tomorrow, don't forget to join us at 9 a.m. Central Time for our First Timothy teaching. And, uh, of course, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm here now at 9 a.m. as well, uh, delivering the Word, hopefully encouraging those uh, who will have ears to hear and follow along with the truth of the Word. See, it's not just the Word we need. It's the truth of the Word the Holy Spirit guides us in. The truth of the Word. Don't ever forget that. You and I have to leave every Bible study, every worship service, with an enhanced view of righteousness that comes from hearing truth. Proverbs 12, 17, Romans 1, 16, and 17. And we need to know this. And we need to walk away from each Bible study, each worship service, with an enhanced view, better vision of Jesus and what we have through the cross and learning how to walk in that finished work. Praise God. Hallelujah. Romans 9, verse 17 <clears throat> the Bible says, For the Scripture says unto Pharaoh, The word of the Lord, the Scripture says unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Look, today we're still talking about Pharaoh, because God raised Pharaoh up. He says, for this same purpose, I've raised you up that I might show my power in him and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. And God's name has been declared throughout all the earth because of what he did in Egypt in Pharaoh. And that's what he says. God showed his power in, it says it, in Pharaoh. What God did in Pharaoh is not the same thing God does in us. God takes those 
who've been hardened, he has hardened them. And we'll see that in the scriptures. But he hardened them because they rejected him. The Bible teaches that in the New Testament. And that's even true for us as Christians. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we deny him, he will deny us. He opposes the proud, but gives more grace to the humble. That, well, who's the humble and who's the proud? The proud is not the chest sticking out and the haughty business owner who thinks he's better than everybody in town. That is a type of pride for sure. But in God's eyes, pride is trusting in anything other than what he did in his son at Calvary for righteousness, for any grace, for any salvation, for any deliverance, for anything from God we trust in other than what Christ did at Calvary, it's pride. and The only thing God can do is resist that. He only gives grace to the humble. Therefore, the humble are only those who come by way of the cross. Not 40 years ago, not four days ago. Today, to get grace, you must approach God through faith in the blood of Jesus. That must be where your faith is. And if it's not, he is resisting you. Know this, he's resisting your ministry. It, you, and at that point, then you have to start living by feelings and emotions. And that's where the biggest part of the Pentecostal and charismatic folk are. And I be Pentecostal, hallelujah. But that's, where mo, that's what mostly is going on. We have to start putting on a show. Feelings and emotions are great, my friend. But if you don't know the answer is the cross for all the grace of God to be sufficient in your life, you will either quit or you will start faking it through your feelings and emotions. But there is a way of assurance. There is a way of victory. There is a way that God won't resist you but will multiply his grace in your life. And that's what I want for you. That's why I come to the office and that's why we preach what we preach. That's why we point to the cross because without that, there is not going to be any assurance uh, or strength or joy or peace that's of the Lord anyway. Now we can say we got all kind of things as we ministered last night. You can say you're in the light and be hating your brother and really be a liar and be in the darkness. But there, there's three uh, in First John chapter two, three phrases that says, "He that says," and then it says he's doing the opposite is a lie. We can say all kind of things. God's not listening to our words. He hears them. He's not listening to our words. He's listening to what our hearts speak to him. Come on, somebody. But notice this. God said to Pharaoh, I've raised you up. These evil people. God has raised them up to show his power in them. And that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. And after, after God did what he did in Pharaoh and through Moses, listen, and walk them out of there, destroying Egypt. It was heard about throughout the world and everywhere Israel went. They had done heard what the God of the Israelites had done to Pharaoh and all his kingdom, and fear would grip their hearts. Notice this. God raises up men who will never choose him. 
He has raised them up also, even in our time, in every age, for such a time as this, to show his power in them. And the power God showed in Pharaoh was the power and the manifestation that Jehovah God is God and he is not. Pharaoh is not. And he might have had magical dark powers, but Satan was the power behind all that Pharaoh believed all he trusted in. He called it, he might have called it the sun, the, the Nile, uh, the frogs, the, all the things that he trusted in were things God showed up and rebuked and overpowered and showed that he is God and Pharaoh is not. He did all that in Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh didn't get saved because Pharaoh would never trust in Jehovah. God knew that Pharaoh would never trust in Jehovah. He would never allow Jehovah to become his God. He, he, I don't care how many miracles got worked. There's some people that's just not going to believe in Jehovah. The Bible says in the book of Revelations that in the great tribulation, there will be hailstones thrown from heaven at the peoples on this earth and they will cry out uh, for, for a phrase a phrase that says who can who can stand the wrath of the lamb they're even going to know who it is they're rejecting the wrath of the lamb and yet the bible says they won't repent because of their sorceries where we get our word pharmacai, pharmacists. They're, they're, they're sorcery, they're drugs and fornication and adulteries. They're, they're so bound by sin. If God come and stood in their face as he did in the person of Christ in the day he walked on the earth, they will still call him the devil. They will still say that what they're trusting in far outshines the very God who created them. Know this, even in our time, God has raised up evil men to show his power in them. I believe that's what this plague is all about. Other than the main point of drawing God's people's attention back to him and bringing us back to the place of Calvary where we can show him we are trusting in him with more than lip service. For if we don't come back to the cross, we remain just a people of lip service. And that doesn't move God. What moves God is faith. And that's when the heart believes unto righteousness. And that means, yes, God's word in the context of Christ and him crucified, for there is no other avenue of righteousness. And we need to realize that. But listen, today, evil men are being used by God. Well, how could that guy end up being the president? And how could that guy be, be, be put in office and voted in? How could the people vote him in? Let me tell you something, folks. God is going to show his power in the evil and in the righteous. But it's a different way. He's going to show his power today in the evil people whose hearts he's hardened through their rejection of him. And we'll see that in the scriptures. This portion of scripture is used far too many times out of context like God just decided, I'm going to harden Pharaoh. He don't have any say in it. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And again, let me say it again in this session. It's God's will that none perish. It's what the Bible says. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. Hebrews 2, 9. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
And so don't twist those things. Don't try to make it sound like something other than what it says. I'm even going to show you a scripture in James chapter 1, and you need to remember this. This is the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry what's taking place in these Bible sessions. If you find a minister of reconciliation, one who opens God's word and shares uh, his word as the truth it is in its righteous context, which means always pointing to Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary as the object of faith so that what's being taught as truth, the Spirit of God can lead you in that path of righteousness, which is always the fruit of faith true faith. He's guiding you in the truth, and the fruit is righteousness because you're on the path of righteousness. That takes place, my friend, only when our faith is in Christ and his righteous work at Calvary, and we're trusting now the Holy Spirit teaching us the Word of God as truth in its righteous context so that our fruit can be the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which cannot be separated from the fruit of righteousness. We can be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Think about that. But in James chapter 1, verse 13, and this is another confirmation that God does not create people to be evil. And we'll see about the potter's wheel. We're about to read that in in Romans here in chapter 9 and just a, a few verses down uh, you know and, and, and such is the you know the, the what God is forming at the potter's wheel doesn't tell God what to do I wish the charismatic church would get a hold of that and the folks that claim to be the word of faith and think they can tell God and give God commands and, and God's going to hearken unto what they say instead of them hearkening unto what God says come on now somebody we've turned that way around that ain't nothing but pride and self-righteousness faith is now in what they do. And that's false. That's not of God. And look at this in James chapter 1, verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. You can't say God's tempting me in this. I, you can't say that God's made me, made me do that. Do you see this? If what the false predestination folks teach is right, that God just chose some, he formed some to go to hell, and he formed some to go to heaven. He formed some to be righteous and some to be unrighteous. He just automatically, without any choice in the matter, chose some to be hard against him and some to be broken and soft and pliable to his leading. If you believe that, you're wrong. And this is another confirmation. That's a false teaching. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. And God to create men to be evil, to go to hell, another confirmation of Scripture that hell wasn't created for men in the book of Matthew. It was created for the devils. Come on now, somebody. You just can't, you can't go that direction. God created, created all things for his good pleasure, all men were in Adam created in his image. God didn't create anything in his image to be put away in an eternal place of torment. You better get away from that thought. And if you're in a congregation that's teaching that, you're, you're listening to men under the influence of Satan twist the word. And therefore, your faith is wrong, twisted, and God can't work. And that's why you're bound in many areas, and God's not delivering you because you're not trusting in the only 
avenue that brings the grace of God. Come on now. You got to get up and get out of there, my brother. You got to get, I don't care if he is your daddy, granddaddy, and that's been your belief in your family for years. You better get up and get out of that. That's hurting you and it's hurting others that you minister to. All that Calvinistic garbage, that's, that's garbage. And we'll see it even more. There are too many scriptures that confirm the very opposite of what they teach. Let no man, we're going we're to read this again. I want those, you know, you know, some people, they'll turn teaching like this. They don't want to hear truth. They, don't, they put blinders on when they hear anything different from what they've ever been taught. Let me tell you something. Even though you, those of us who know truth, when we hear things, we need to listen to them and check it out in the scripture. But God is equipping his people so that we're not taken away, blown away by every wind of doctrine, but that we can be equipped for the work of the ministry, which is reconciliation through the blood, being kept by the power of God through faith in the blood, 1 Peter 1, 5. So let's watch this now. James writes, Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God, because God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust, his own lust and enticed. His own lust. God didn't create us to lust. God created us in his image. Adam was a free moral agent. Yes, God knew that Adam would sin, but God didn't make him sin. God's command to Adam was don't eat off the tree. God knew he would. God had already made provision before the foundation of the world, the lamb, had been slain in God's laid out plan. But to say that God made Adam sin means God is not faithful because God told him not to. And then you're going to tell me God showed up and made him sin? you got to get out of that. I don't care what scriptures they use. Twi they're twisted because the, I've given you all this morning already too much to hold steadfast to. You've got to let that go. If you, if you believe that which is wrong and somebody shows you blatantly in the scriptures what is right that refutes that altogether and you still hang on to that, my friend, you're not growing and you can't grow. Your conscience is not pure either before God and you know it. You're troubled. You're, you're unstable in all your ways. You, you just don't have that assurance that you know you need. And the reason is because to have the biblical assurance, the Holy Spirit has to give it to you. The Holy Spirit is God and he only works in truth, Psalms 33, 4 and Romans 8, 2. And you need to understand that if you're just confused and you're unstable and you're wishy-washy, you're up, you're down, you're in, you're out, you're all around, you need the assurance the Holy Spirit gives. And he gives that to us as he is able to guide us into the liberating, confusion-removing truth of God, truth of Christ and his work at Calvary. So he says... Uh, but when every man is tempted, when he, he every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed, then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Now, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what I said earlier. 
God commanded man, God commanded man not to eat off the tree of good and evil, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then some people are teaching God made him do it. He, 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 he knew he would do it, but he didn't create him to do it. He didn't create us to be sinners. He created us in his own image, and God has no sin about him. So we became that on our own lust of our own flesh. We were enticed. We were lied to by the devil. We believed it. Think about it. You got to think about it. And you got to believe it. The Bible says, let's read verse 17 again. For the scripture said unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose, have I raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore has he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he hardens. You will say then unto me, why does he yet find fault for who has resisted his will? The, 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 the misunderstanding here, and, and the questioning that comes here, which is, why does he find fault with people if he's created people to harden? How can God find fault with them if he created them to be hardened against him? Think about that. You need to think about that. And again, it goes back to what I said. God commanded Adam not to eat off the tree. Well, he surely didn't make him. That would have been God refuting God. God being God. God didn't do that. The commands that God gives his people, when his people walk in obedience to his word, they find him blessing them. When they walk in disobedience, they find him resisting them. God doesn't want to resist anyone. God created us for his good pleasure to be pleased. And as long as we live by faith in Christ, his son Jesus Christ, and what he did at Calvary, God's good pleasure is taking place. When we refuse to keep Jesus and his sacrifice at Calvary, the object of our faith, God is no longer pleased with the way we're living, with the fruit that is not of him. Now, he says, Thou wilt say then unto me, Why does he yet find fault for who has resisted his will? Now, now what's being said here is, if, if God hardened Pharaoh and he couldn't resist it, then how can, how can God find fault with Pharaoh? That's a good question. But see, God only hardens those that are hard against him. Because you, you got to know this, my friend. God didn't create us hard against him. We chose to go against him. It's a choice. When you walk away from the word choice, then you're claiming that God just made a bunch of robots. That can't be love. Love has to be a free choice. If you have to tell your wife, now you need to start loving me now. If she don't love you and you're ha having to tell her to love you, that's not going to work. 
That's not that's never gonna work. God created us to have free moral choice to be able to love him, to be able to worship him, because worship comes from a free a choice that we have. Think about that. Verse 20 says, No, but O man, who are you that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why have you made me this way? God did create us. And he's raised up some in every age that he will harden. But every one of them, every one of them, are those who are rejecting him. They've rejected him. God knew that Esau, which was talked about, spoken of here a few verses earlier, God knew that Esau would reject him, sell his birthright, don't want anything to do with that redemption stuff. I'm, I'm more of a manly man. I'm, I'm a hunter, you know. I, I, I'm a man. I, I, look, I'm a hairy man. I, I, I'm a hunter. I, I, you know, I'm more concerned about hunting and providing. I, I'm, matter of fact, I'm hungry right now, Jacob. I, I'd rather have that bowl of soup you've got right there to eat than this old redemptive plan, this being able to have a promise to carry the Redeemer's seed through me, the firstborn son. I, I, fooey on all that. I, I'd rather have that bowl of soup. God knew that before Esau was ever born. Those who will reject Christ, never receive Christ, God will work in them too in a way that he hardens them. Don't be shocked when people are hard against God, don't want anything to do with God, they're trusting in these other things. Don't be shocked when you see the tares amidst the church. Jesus said they would be there. Don't be shocked. Look at this now. Verse 21, we got to quit. It's 9 o'clock. Has not the potter power over the clay? Yes, of the same lump he's making to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor. And we will start right here when we come back this coming Monday morning. We'll start right here in verse 21. I pray that you bring your Bibles, your pencil and paper, and also pray that you'd pray for us and that we would continue to ask God to stay this plague, to rebuke this spirit of this noisome pestilence and to throw it out into the sea and bury it and to give us a cure, to give us healing. And we, and we just need to keep praying God move mightily in the midst of this, bringing his people back to faith and grace, which is faith in the cross of Christ alone. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be in that number. Praise God. And so don't forget about in the morning at 9 a.m. We'll be in the studio next door. You can watch online. Uh, we'll be teaching First Timothy. Excited about that. And uh, I love you. God bless you. Thanks for praying for us. Don't forget to sow to the ministry at the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can text your giving to 903-231-5950. God bless you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.